0: Welcome to the Citizens' Report. It's the 6th of March. I'm Robert Barwick. I'm joined today by Citizens' Party leader Craig Isherwood. Welcome, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. In this week's Citizens' Report. Huge advances in fight against cash ban and bail-in. Just in time for another financial crisis. And derivatives speculation will crash the economy, tax it. So first, huge advances in fight against cash ban and bail-in. Just in time for another financial crisis. Today we've got a challenging show today, Craig. We've got quite a few clips.
1: So much is happening, yeah.
0: (laughs) A lot of of stuff's happening. We want the the viewers to see it. We've got quite a few clips we want to play. So we're going to be expeditious. And a lot of them relate to what's happened today, this week on bail, on the cash ban, sorry, yeah. after the report came out a week ago, which we reported on the show then. But before we do, something, it's, it's, you know, ultimately even more significant potentially happened that we want, we want to give due weight to. And that's the fact that Thursday last week, 27th of February, Senator Malcolm Roberts introduced a bill, and it's the Banking Amendment Deposits Bill 2020. And this is the bill that will amend the 2018 law that the government ran through on um, uh, Valentine's Day, right? which we identified as a backdoor wait for a bail-in and amend it so that
1: can't happen. Yeah, Robbie, this this has been a long fight for us because back in 2013, the CEC, as we were known back then, discovered after there was a process take place in Cyprus where literally the the, the governments and the banks stole people's deposits, that this process of bail-in Yep. Was slated for every country in the world. Now it's run through the International, uh, the Bank of International Settlements, the Financial Stability Board, the, you know, the banking oligarchy was running this program to effectively, instead of bail out banks like happened in the global financial crisis, to bail in banks, which means they could steal your deposits. Yep. That's what bail in represents. Now, what we came across, and we published a paper back then, bail in, you know. The, because it was, this is all centered in the Bank of England and the various oligarchy, you know, British Crown. Well, the Bank Port- of England has been the main driver behind bail-in through the Financial Stability yeah, we, Board. We published this this uh, newspaper in August of 2013. but what We, we had, revealed something very important. Yeah, that's there. right. And that's what I was saying. In that paper, we discovered that, you know, in the uh, Financial Stability Board's own report of the 15th of April, 2013, it said that as part of the resolution toolbox of dealing with... Financial crises, that bail-in legislation is in train in some jurisdictions, including Australia. Yes. Now we went on a major mobilisation to find out what was this legislation, and we couldn't find anything because you know this was all being done secretly. I mean, you know, we know what the uproar was when people discovered yep. that there was an idea that people's deposits were being uh, stolen. We actually published a full-page ad in the Australian with yep. you know, hundreds and hundreds of people on it. They're saying we don't want our bar- uh, deposits stolen. Now, that legislation, uh, Robbie, actually popped up. It po- finally popped up, in a sense, in February. Finally,
0: because there's a big gap between 2013 yeah. and 2017 and 2018. And I must say, it's because of the fight we waged that even the IMF has acknowledged that the Australian government had to start doing things under, behind the scenes. Yes. We made it impossible for them to publicly and openly
1: admit to do a bail-in bill, but we identified that bill when it came up and in 2017. And it popped up in 2018. Uh, 20, very sneaky. Yep. But this, is, this now, with what Malcolm Roberts is doing, is addressing the actual floor, the key loophole that they intend to use, as we've identified, to bring bail in through the back well, door.
0: Well, to give it due significance, let's just watch. Now, this, this is very technical, what you're about to watch, but I want the viewers to see it because they've got to appreciate that this, what Malcolm Roberts did, is the, um, the, the escalation of the fight that you identified we began in 2013. So just watch what happened in Parliament last week.
2: I ask that General Business Notice of Motion No. 509, standing in my name for today, proposing the introduction of a bill be taken as formal. Is there any objection to this motion being taken as formal, there being none? Senator Roberts. Mr President, I move that the following bill be introduced. A bill for an act to amend the Banking Act 1959 and for related purposes. The question is, that motion be agreed to. Those of that opinion say aye. To the contrary, no. The ayes have it. Ask people to be audible in their votes. Senator Roberts. Silence. This bill may proceed without formalities and be now read a first time. The question is the bill be read a first time. Those of that opinion say aye. The contrary, no. The ayes have it. The clerk. The bill for an act to amend the Banking Act 1959 and for related purposes. Senator Roberts. I move that this bill be now read a second time and I seek leave to table an explanatory memorandum relating to the bill. Is leave granted? Leave is granted. Senator Roberts? Mr President, I table an explanatory memorandum and I seek leave to have the second reading speech incorporated in Hansard and to continue my remarks. Is leave granted? Leave is granted. Thank you, Senator Roberts. Senator Lambie, number 510.
0: Now, in a second, I'm going to read you the speech that Malcolm Roberts didn't read out. He had it um, included in Hansard, and it's worth reading, but I just want to make this point about the legislation that Malcolm has introduced. It it presents the government with a catch-22 because this government says that the bill they put in place two years ago is not a bail-in law and won't be used to bail in deposits. We have said, hang on, there's there's a loophole there that could be exploited in a crisis for precisely that, especially given this is what they've been pushing since 2013, demanding all countries do, have this ability to bail in deposits. So either the gu- all that the bill that Malcolm Roberts introduced does is close up that loophole. So that, cannot, that law cannot be used to bail in deposits. And either the government, if it's honest, will support the bill, right, and accept the, that it's good to clarify this in legislation, or if it opposes the bill, it will be exposing that they're not being honest and what the true agenda is right? That's, that's what is, is now before the government in parliament. And of course, this fight is one and the same with the cash ban, because this is what cash bans are for, to lock people in banks so that policies like bail-in and negative interest rates cannot be avoided. But for the sake of time, let me read Malcolm Roberts' speech, Craig, and you can comment as I go through. This bill will avoid doubt as to the meaning and intent of various provisions in the Banking Act 1959 in relation to bail-in bail-ins are where money held in bank accounts is taken by the bank and converted to shares in the bank this happens when banks are under extreme pressure during such events as the gfc the effect of the banking amendment deposits bill 2020 will be one to confirm that the conversion and write-off provisions of the banking act 1959 do not apply to deposit accounts as defined in the bill and two to confirm that nothing in the Banking Act 1959 or any other Commonwealth legislation extends power to APRA to implement or authorise or direct the implementation of bail-in in respect of deposit accounts as defined in the bill. So that's that's the guts of the bill. Um, and, the, and then Malcolm Roberts elaborates slightly more on that. So just jumping forward. He continues, I want to make it perfectly clear that money in deposit accounts held by our banks on behalf of every, everyday Australians cannot be taken from them. Our banks should not need bailing out. We have a banking oligopoly with the most profitable banks in the world. Yet this government produced legislation in 2019. They went right to the issue of bank bail-ins. Is the government worried that, about the bank's reliance on real estate to support their loan book? Certainly the value of Australian Bank's mortgage loan book has risen from $400 billion to $2 trillion since 2000. $2 trillion in mortgages? Trillions more in exposure to securitized instruments, which means, as we know, derivatives, etc. Remember when banks lent to small business? Remember when they had a diversified loan book that insulated them against downturns and disasters? Not in 2020, Mr. President, Malcolm Roberts says. In allowing their loan book to become so narrow, our banks are displaying a level of recklessness that may come back to bite them. The... Law from 2018 was designed to make sure that should a cat- catastrophic event occur, the damage would accrue not to the banks but to their customers. One Nation is introducing this bill with a simple message, hands off the savings of hard working Australians. All right, let's, let's take a break and we'll resume this after the break. Welcome back to The Citizen's Report. Craig, this week, Alan Jones, the radio host, rode to the the rescue of the cash ban fight and he made it a huge issue on his show and on TV this week. I want to play two clips of that. So have a look at these two clips from his two shows on Sky News this week.
3: Now, look, I mentioned earlier today on my radio program that this hasn't received a lot of attention, but it should. In fact, I learned about this by chance when someone bailed me up at Melbourne Airport. And to be honest, I didn't know what he was talking about. This is the currency... Restrictions on the Use of Cash Bill, 2019. Basically, it'll ban the use of cash transactions over $10,000. If you breach the rules, you could face up two years in jail. It has already amazingly passed the House of Representatives where Labor voted to support it. God knows what the Coalition were doing. Many people have now written to me, including members of the Parliament, telling me it's a bad idea, Liberal members. The Senate referred the bill to their References Committee, which handed down its findings last week. The Senate inquiry backed the bill, and the Senate committee recommended the bill be passed contingent upon several changes, including that the start date be extended to give businesses sufficient time to comply. But what the hell is a conservative government? I mean, is it really conservative? What's it up to here? The law was due to take hold on January 1 this year. Thankfully, it's not going to be applied retrospectively, but many members of the Liberal Party are saying it's antithetical to the party's values, and it is. I mean, listen to this. The Senate inquiry received 2,659 submissions. By early December, the majority opposed the bill. Many rightly argued that the government should not be interfering with an individual's legal right to spend cash how he or she wishes. The federal government says the measure is intended to fight the black economy by stamping out tax evasion. People wouldn't be evading tax if the tax system wasn't so ridiculously punitive. But there are now concerns that the government down the track could reduce the cash payment limit below $10,000. I might add, no evidence has been presented that the black economy, that's where people don't pay tax when they should, there is no evidence that it is a significant problem. Indeed, IMF research shows that the Australian black economy is small and has been shrinking. And this bill is supposedly based on a half-page costs and benefits analysis In the Black Economy Task Force final report, I went to this on page 54. It consists of four paragraphs, the last one's one sentence. There is very little evidence in the final report of this task force that our black economy is a problem. Oddly enough, the Greens seem to get it right here where this Senator Peter Wish Wilson said the bill is a classic case of the cure being worse than the disease. He rightly said a fundamental characteristic of most market economies was the ability to use hard currency to buy and sell goods and services. And he rightly said if the government wanted to fight tax avoidance, it could make public, quote, the behind-closed-door settlements between the tax office and multinationals.
2: You're absolutely right, Alan. It drives people into the banks. We will we, we'll be forced to deposit our money in the banks, and that eliminates the competition. We must use a bank. But the second thing it does is it increases bank fees, because then banks will be able, the big four especially, will be able to charge whatever they want. Then there's a worse thing coming down the road. It's already happening in Europe, it's happening in Japan, Germany, Switzerland of all places, negative interest rates. Negative interest rates are where the depositor pays the bank for the, for the uh, opportunity to, to deposit money in the bank. When there's no more cash, mate, You've got to throw it in the bank where you get charged fees and you'll be charged fees for transferring and paying people. I mean, this is absurd. Right now, I can go without fees and just pay someone cash. The key points, Alan, are that the black market won't be solved by this because the major players couldn't care less about this. The second thing is that after the Royal Commission into the financial sector, this is the last thing we need to give the banks more power. And the third thing is this will destroy trust, the public's trust, in banks and in government, government itself. This is the government undermining what it has told us. Our currency is legal tender across our country. This is the government putting a stake in the heart of every
3: person in this country. Well done. Yeah, well, however, listen to this. Since last night's discussion, one issue we touched lightly on has emerged of real concern. And this is the question of negative interest rates. Negative interest rates. That is, you put your money with the bank and they pay you interest as we sit now but interest rates are almost zero. If they were below zero, you would pay the bank for handling your money. But punishing people who pay in cash by threatening them with jail terms forces them into the clutches of the banks. Do you get the drift? The banks have just been hammered at a Royal Commission. Is this government now giving back a few trillion? Yes, trillion to the banks. Now there are five central banks already with interest rates below zero. Japan minus 0.10%, Sweden minus 0.30%, the European Central Bank minus 0.40%, Denmark minus 0.70%, Switzerland minus 0.80%. Now, the way we're going, the Reserve Bank might end up having interest rates below zero. So, where does the 10 grand cash limit fit into this? Because of dreadful returns, bank deposits have been falling. Customers would rather hoard their money than stick it in the bank. But according to the most current data available, this is terrifying. As at the 28th of February, total bank deposits were $2.12 trillion. Stay with me for the math, as the Americans would say. When an economy has interest rates below zero, the banks are offering their deposit customers interest rates below zero. So a negative interest rate of, say, minus 0.25% means you would be paying the banks. And at minus 25% on $2.1 trillion, we would be paying the banks $5.304 billion just to hold our money in a bank account. Matt Barry wrote to me today. He's the chief executive of Freelancer.com and he has alerted me to the International Monetary Fund and a recent report called Cashing In, How to Make Negative Interest Rates Work. I asked him to join us tonight. He's right here beside us. Matt, good evening. Thank you for your time. Is this this the Reserve Bank in step with everybody else trying to get the interest rates below
4: zero and the banks then make a pretty penny? Well, it's, it's more than that. Um, this has everything, nothing to do with the black economy and everything to do with the Reserve Bank of Australia running out of bullets to fight a recession and to stimulate the economy. Typically, when an economy goes into recession, reserve, uh, central banks have to cut interest rates, policy rates, uh, by between 300 basis points and 600 basis points. That's 3% to 6%. Now, with the Reserve Bank currently at half a percent, that would mean that there's not much room to move before you get to zero and the banks wouldn't be able to pay you uh, any interest. Um... The IMF came out in February of last year and published a detailed report, and anyone can go to the IMF's uh, website and look, look this up. It's called Cashing In on, on Negative Interest Rates, where they're saying, actually, we think that banks can go to negative interest rates. In fact, they talked about a scenario where a bank might go from 2% interest rate, interest rate central bank, to 4 But they said, this won't work if you continue to have cash.
3: You have said that the IMF, in your words, is openly talking about central banks needing to go to minus 4% in a recession. Correct. So, it, it, Because people at home think, my God, why, why would they drop interest rates again? Because if you couldn't make the economy move at 1.5% cash rate, why would it change at 05 cash rate? Right. And up at home, they're saying, well, why would you do this? So you're saying, ha, 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 wait on. We've moved now from 7% which was what, you know, the interest rate some years ago, down to, what, 0.5? Then we go to negative territory and suddenly people listening to you at home are going to be paying the bank mm-hmm.
4: a lot of money. Correct. Billions. Correct. So it's trying to cause behaviour that causes you to spend that money to stimulate the economy. That's what it's trying to yeah. do. You know, it's trying to get you to buy a house, for example, because it's, you know, people perceive it's a better place than keeping it in the bank. It's trying to get you to buy products and services. Uh, it's trying to get, you, get the money out of the bank in many ways because you're penalised for keeping it there and spend it. But what they don't want you to do is take the money out of the bank and put it under your mattress. But haven't I been told for years that we've got too much in housing? Of course. I've been reading that for 20 years. We have the second most overpriced uh, housing market in the world mm. and, and the second most indebted nation Correct. in the world because Correct. of housing.
3: Well, that's the big worry, isn't it? The big issue, of course, is the indebtedness of banks on the mortgage front. Correct. That's, and you've written about that in, in your paper. Just before you go, simple question, simple question. Are, are you saying that the Reserve Bank is on, because all this mob hook up with one another, central banks all around the world? Is this Reserve
4: Bank on a mission to allow interest rates to go below zero? I believe it will. It's currently at 50 basis points, which is half a percent. Uh, the way the system works in Australia is a, a, a corridor system, so effectively it's actually at a quarter of a percent already. So one more cut and we are effectively in Australia at zero and then there are no other options other than um, uh, policy around um, your fiscal policy uh, or uh, going negative or doing other hard work uh, such as taxation reform okay. to try and stimulate the economy. Well, there you are. That's something.
3: No wonder none of us heard anything about it. No wonder the bloke pulled me up at the Melbourne airport. And this has never been discussed with anybody. It hasn't gone into the public place at all. Matt Barry, we'll, we'll come back to you. It's a big issue, Graham. It's huge. Big, I, big issue. Because I, I didn't know any of that. No, well, as a result of the interview I did with Peter last night, then Matt has rung me and other people are going, hello, what the hell is going on? Thank you for your time. Thank you I mean, Matt But Barry, if someone like me does, doesn't get it and I, I read everything, mm. what is the average punter got? They've yeah. got no idea of this.
0: Stay tuned. We'll do more after the break. Welcome back to The Citizen's Report. Craig, before we get onto to the tax topic, one more clip. This one's from Bob Catter that he, in a press conference he gave this week in Parliament. Let's just have a look at that.
5: So I'm going to pay $19,000 to Edward and he's going to give me $19,000 in gold bullion. Our right to legal tender has been taken off us. You must understand that your right to this legal tender is being taken off you. It is the bank's decision, whether you make this or any other. The banks are controlling your money from now on. If it's cashless society, the banks control your life. And if you think the bank's not gonna use that power, well, well, read, read the Fin Review. And when the average Bloke out there, working hard to make a quid, finds out that his bank's got control of his money, then, then God help the politician. It really wasn't until this week, when I started getting those telephone calls, that I understood the full ramifications of what is taking place here. If you've got no cash, you've got no legal tender, then the banks control your life. They're going to have control of your money, not you. And if you try and take it out, the money out, and use it, Sorry, sorry, babe. You can't do that anymore.
0: All right. So that Bob, what Bob did then was picked up on Australian Associated Press and reported all around Australia. Um, uh, I want to highlight the fact, Craig, that Alan Jones and his intervention on radio, the beer, the biggest radio show in Australia, and on Sky News is so crucial. But he kept emphasising this one point that he was confronted by a person at the Melbourne Airport on yes. this, right? Mm-hmm. And this is key. In other words, the, the, the mobilisation that we've been on, that the viewers have participated in, and people have fired up about this, the media has blocked it out. Look at what Richo said. That's why I included that part of the... Richo said, I read everything and I didn't know about this, mm. right? We, but now, um, so, it, and it's funny, some people interpreted the final report of the, of the Senate inquiry as, oh, it's all over, Labor's going to support it. There's been more turmoil behind the scenes in Parliament this week Following that, than any other time, and the government has a mutiny on its hands behind the scenes. Alan Jones keeps referencing the fact that it's the Liberals talking to him, right? Yeah. So this fight is far from over. We're going to pursue it all the way to the end. Keep calling your members of parliament, and demanding they don't support this cash ban bill. Um, and just on the, just to refer back to the bail-in thing, the other, the point I want to make people to do there, we're going to put a link below in the comments on on YouTube to our petition. We have got a bail-in yeah. petition. Sign it and share it widely. We need to get that out everywhere, yes. right? Because we have to fight these two fights at the same time, but they're one and the same. But just quickly, one of the things, we if you haven't received a copy of our alert service yet, call in for a free copy of this week's. On the back, we have this section, Adjust Tax Solution, and it's all about... The two types of taxes we're proposing: withholding tax for corporations, because multinationals send all their money overseas Mm. to tax havens to pretend they don't make profits. One way to start to start making sure they actually contribute something is through withholding tax. The bigger issue, though, that'll raise 16 billion in five years. The bigger issue, though, is taxing speculation, especially derivative speculation. And our derivative speculation tax, we show here how it will raise 104 billion dollars based on the latest figures. 104 billion dollars. In other words, the government, if, if they need revenue, they can get it from in fair and just ways without needing totalitarian cash bans yes. to, to, to um, uh, put us in this surveillance police state to get extracted from the little guy. That's right. All right. That's the bottom line. So this is the sort of thing we need politicians to start thinking about as well so they don't get away with these with the policy like the cash ban. But I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> We've run out of time, but we did want to squeeze in You know, so you see it for yourself. Craig, thanks for joining us yeah, this week. It. Thanks to the viewer. Join next week for more developments.